Well, hello there, and welcome to Consortio Day. This is a podcast about partnering with God to do sacred work. Whatever your sacred work might be, whether it's uh, part of your career or it's just a, a passion project, uh, that's something I have a lot of interest in and in helping people through and helping people explore through my spiritual direction practice. And that's also the nature of this podcast because I like to talk with people who are doing sacred work uh, and hear about like what does it look like for them to maintain rhythms, to maintain habits, practices, to stay connected with God um, in a way that that engages them for the spiritual work that they do. And so uh, that's what my guest today does. My guest today is, her name is Bobby Shapercutter. And man, I'm so proud of myself for getting her last name right. I, I asked her before we recorded, and she said I did it perfectly. But she also said she usually goes by Bobby Shea. So that's how you'll see this titled. And you might even hear her mention that in the podcast today. Bobby is a pastor at a church in Jefferson City, Missouri, and also leads a women's ministry in her city called Inspire. And then she's also a spiritual director, which is how I know her, because we did our spiritual director training together. And I just always appreciated uh, how intentional I could tell she was, uh, even in our um and our cohort that we were in together, and then the thoughtful answers she provided. So I knew she was somebody that I would want to interview um, and share with you uh, just some of her wisdom, which I'm sure you'll appreciate. Also, one other note, which is I currently am offering some spiritual formation cohorts, which you've heard me mention before on the podcast if you've listened. You can learn more about, about those at formationcohorts.com. And I am currently uh, trying to fill a couple more spots for the Practicing Examine cohort that I hope to still do this spring. Didn't quite get it started on time because we have a couple spots left. Like I say, I think there's a minimum number we need to make it work. So if that interests you, and that's something you're looking to jump in soon, please go to formationcohorts.com and sign up there. And I'm also still planning to do a practicing Sabbath cohort, and I'm currently gathering interest for that and have a list for that, though I don't anticipate that that one will begin until next fall. But again, formationcohorts.com, you can learn about either of those. And if you're interested in spiritual direction, I'd be glad to talk with you about that too. Uh, you can find my spiritual direction website on the same website as this podcast at consortioday.com. And it should be linked, um, if you're listening to the podcast here, it should be linked right on the bottom of the podcast notes. So thanks so much for listening. And here I am with Bobby Shapercutter. Bobby, it's good to see you. And uh, it's been a long time. I don't think I've seen you since we were in a cohort together. Probably 10 months ago was the last time we saw each other, learning yeah. spiritual direction together. But yeah. I always appreciated... Um, your voice and hearing about the things you were up to in your ministry, even beyond the spiritual director direction that we were learning. So why don't you tell us a little bit about all these different, I mean, it's one world, but it's multiple things that you do, multiple connected things. So tell us about the work you do, your sacred work. Sure. Um, I, I will pause to hit that one uh, key point that you just said, I think for a long time in my journey, it felt like a lot of different pieces that yeah. didn't necessarily correlate, that didn't kind of work together. Um, so it did kind of feel like separate worlds. And I think in the last, oh, five or six years, God has really shown me that it is actually all the same world. It's actually all a part of a whole and and he's yeah. brought all these things together beautifully. So I think that's sometimes we hit that space where we're like, I'm doing all of these things and they don't feel 
connected or correlated at all. And then sometimes God shifts things a little and we start to see how they're all interwoven. Um, But I guess um, to summarize a little bit, I am on staff at Capital City Christian Church in Jefferson City, Missouri, and I'm the online campus coordinator there. So I kind of manage our online campus. And then I work also in the areas of spiritual formation and discipleship. So I get to kind of um, do some classes, help with some spiritual formation projects there at the church, um, work on what discipleship looks like, what it looks like to live and love like Jesus, which is what I get really passionate about. Um, I also am the president of a nonprofit um, multi-denominational women's ministry in Jefferson City called Inspire. Mm-hmm. Um, its purpose is to connect women in heart and purpose across denominational lines to lift the name of Jesus and make him known in Jefferson City. So those are kind of my two um, main ministries, I guess. I do um, some spiritual direction as well. I do that in a lot of different realms, kind of. Uh, yeah. That's been the connector, actually, in all of those. Yeah, yeah. It's just that that um, direction and formation aspect of things. Um, so, yeah, that's kind yeah. of the sacred work God's called me to in this season. Which, well, I guess question for Inspire is, did you start Inspire? I did not. I, I joined Inspire in the very beginning. So I was kind of a part of the team that birthed it, but I was not the original founder. Um, I guess it's probably been about two and a half years ago. The original founder was stepping into a different ministry and um, in a crazy way that only God could. Um, he showed us both that that was kind of the next step was for me to step into that space and as the president and, and lead that. So it's been yeah. a very unexpected, but wonderful um, surprise by God in these last few years. So you were working at the church first and then started working with Inspire as well. Well, I've been a part of Inspire for 10 years, but I was, so I've kind of done both simultaneously. I've only been on staff at church. Um, I volunteered for the first three years um, with the online space. And then of course COVID hit and I needed to make that a, a position there at the church. Um, and then I kind of started morphing into some different areas and discipleship and formation, but I've been on staff at church for about two years and I've been an inspire for 10, um, but only as president for the last two and a half, I guess. So you're a mom and I'm a, wife, a mom. Yes. And, and, a church, a and yes. you need a nonprofit. Yes. And somewhere. And you have three dogs laying by your feet. I do. And somewhere in the midst of all that, um, you decided, well, and you also, well, you also decided to pursue spiritual direction training. And then in the midst yes. of spiritual direction training, I recall, oh, yeah, I'm also working on this graduate degree. <laughs> so, yes. So things keep you going. I'm curious. They do. Why? Um, what, what stirred you to pursue spiritual direction when you already had these other things going on? I think probably it might be just the thing that we talked about earlier is things felt so disconnected in my life for a little while. Um, I felt like I had a really close, deep um, friendship with God, Um, but I think I was just missing something and I felt like I was doing a lot of ministry But maybe as I was doing ministry, it didn't really feel like there was a connecting point of those. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes we can almost work for Jesus and forget that we're working with Jesus in tandem with Jesus. And so I felt like I was doing some work for Jesus, but but really wanted to see what it looked like to, to 
partner with him in, in the everyday, not just in ministry, but in like the everyday of my life. And I had been, um, in a season of slow for a while. It's actually funny. You ask, like you're kind of doing all of these things for a long season. Um, I actually was a stay at home mom and I homeschooled my boys. I was a part of inspire, but, um, the part that I played was, was not a, a huge time investment. I did some writing online and doing ministry that way. Um, but for a long season, God had me just in a still space. Yeah. And I think birthed out of that still space was a desire for something a little bit more. Um, even in that space, I felt like the ways that I was serving, um, even even as a wife and a mom, even in ministry, they just felt a little bit connected from my daily walk with God. Um, and so long story short, God kind of brought me into a season of still, into a season of slow. and. I got really hungry to just spend some time with him. I had a dear, sweet friend. Her name is Becca and she is a spiritual director. And I noticed that as we developed a friendship together, that she just walked with Jesus a little bit differently than anybody I had ever seen before. And she just had this um, present, this way of just being present with him at all times that I didn't quite have a grasp on yet. I didn't quite understand and it was something that I really desired. And that, um, so we just had a lot of conversations, I think. And she kind of introduced me to some books. And I started picking up some books and started just asking some questions. What is this? What is spiritual direction? What is spiritual formation? How do these things mm-hmm. um, weave together? And what does it look like to let that be, the, like the, the pouring in of God, be the place that I'm serving out of, that I'm ministering out of, that I'm living and loving out of? Um, and so I jumped in with both feet. I'm an avid reader. So I just started reading everything I could get my hands on, signed up for the cohort that we did together. And it was funny because in that season of really pressing into that, that's when some of these other ministry doors, just before that season, um, that's when some of these ministry doors started opening. So I had a long season of stillness with God, almost as a preparation where he was really rooting me in spiritual direction in spiritual formation in just presence with God. Um, and then the ministry space is kind of came as an overflow out of that. Yeah. Yeah. One of, um, one of the things I often say, you know, cause a lot of the people I do spiritual direction with, not all of them, but a lot of them are people in ministry. Mm. And one of the things that I tell them is in my, you know, in my initial meeting is, um, I'm doing this because when I was in ministry, sometimes I felt like a poser. And it's mm. not that I felt like my own faith was fake, you know, or mm-hmm. not valid. Um, but I often felt like there were people, you know, that I was leading or people I was ministering to who I felt like I could learn from in terms of their mm. own spiritual practices, in terms of their own awareness of God's work. Um, yeah. And I've, I've found that that resonates a lot. You know, when I mm-hmm. when I tell people that, they're like, yeah, I, I think I could use that term sometimes. And so it's yeah. certainly not true for everyone. But I say sure. all that to kind of set up a question of how, as you've learned the things you've learned in training for spiritual direction, but, mm-hmm. you know, now even in offering spiritual direction in all these different contexts, um, how have you seen how that shapes your ministry or changes how you're doing the ministry you're doing? Um, I think the the primary way that I would think that I see that is it is easy to fall into the trap of 
doing ministry as a work of our own physicality of whatever we can manifest of whatever we can manufacture. And I think that some of the things that I learned through spiritual direction, some of the things I learned in offering direction, some of the things Mm -hmm. I've learned about spiritual formation have caused me to, to form my days differently. Um, And I know that, and I don't, I know that it looks different for different people, but for me, it looks like a practice of, I need to get up early in the morning. I need to mm-hmm. have like that time with God first. I need to center my heart with him. Um, I carve out some time in the morning, usually a pretty large chunk of time in the morning to just be still and be with Jesus in different ways. I, I love scripture. I'm an avid scripture reader. I yeah. am a writer. So I love to journal with Jesus in the morning and to pray and kind of talk with him in prayer that way. Um, I love worship. I often spend some time just in worship in the mornings. And I think I have noticed the human tendency is to cut that short so that we can produce more. Um, I want to be productive. We want to get the things done that, that we need to do. And the tendency would be to not invest time in that so that we can do the things that seem more productive but I'm learning that that time with him in the morning, that time just um, connecting my heart with God and just being present with God and letting him fill me is the most, and I'm using air quotes that nobody can see, but is the most productive thing that sure. I can do for my soul. I think it gives me this fullness. It, the The phrase that I like to use is just, I feel like I serve out of the overflow. Then I feel like I work out of the overflow. I feel like I live and I love out of the overflow of that. And when I end up sacrificing that time for something else, I can feel it in my soul that it is something that I long for and something that I miss. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably the biggest influence that I've noticed that direction has taken um, is is causing me to take that time to pause um, and to not even just listen to other people. Like, yes, that's something that we do a lot in direction, but taking that time to really connect with the spirit and listen to him first thing in the morning for me has been pivotal. Yeah. Would, would you describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? I am probably a wild ambivert. <laughs> <laughs> I can extrovert pretty well. I'm, yeah. I'm very peopley. I love being with people, but then I do have that need to introvert. I do have that need to have um, some stillness and some quiet and some time alone. And I noticed that in busier seasons, I have more introverted tendencies sure. um, than than normal. I I tend to need to pull in and get quiet a little bit more. And I think as I'm getting a little bit older too, I'm noticing those introverted tendencies increase yeah. a little bit. So, yeah. I mean, I, I ask a question because I, I think I my my own orientation there has changed from more extroverted to more introverted as I've gotten older as well, mm-hmm. and learned more and more. Like I need that. And maybe it's the demands of ministry, you know, when there's so much need, yeah. but I need that mental space to almost reorient myself. And yeah. for me, it's become more and more of a morning thing as well. I'm curious, have you always been a morning person? Is that something you've had to learn? <laughs> I mean, you're I homeschooling think, boys. That's the only time sure. of the day you had. <laughs> yeah, I think it came by necessity first. Like, like you said, I was homeschooling. I had my boys at home. My husband travels quite a bit. Um, so when the kids got up, I was up and, and running for the day. And um, 
I would always have a good intention of I'll do it before bed, but boy, you get tired and that you don't invest. I didn't at least invest the energy there. Um, And so I've noticed that for me, if I can get myself up a little bit earlier and have that time before the rest of my house wakes up, that that's the space I need. And, And to be totally honest with you, there's a lot of like, fleshiness in me still there's a lot of that um those tendencies in me i think i need that every day that reminder to just get alone with god and to let him shape my heart and shape Mm -hmm. my um to shape my mind every day that like you said that reorientation is important for me yeah yeah well i'm i'm curious i mean you mentioned journaling and you're an avid Mm -hmm. reader and you know you, you love reading scripture i'm curious what are the what do as much as detail as you want to go into? Cause I can nerd out, but what are the mm-hmm. specifics of those? Like, what does that morning routine tend to look like breakdown wise? And how do you, how do you journal and how do you read scripture? Sure. I am. Um, I'm a little bit weird in that I have a pretty um, detailed process that I guess I've yeah. honed over yeah. the years. And it's something that is constantly um being reshaped, but I kind of, the way that I sit down, I actually have it kind of like written out in the back of my journal. I keep a little basket next to my couch is where I tend to like to be because I've got a little fireplace there and I can sit and watch the sunrise in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a little basket beside my couch that has my Bible in it and it has my journal in it. It has a sketchbook in it and some colored pencils in it. Um, and your the dogs don't like. chew these things out of the basket? Well, I keep it in a cabinet and pull it out <laughs> okay, of the cabinet okay. when, yeah. <laughs> when it's time. So the cabinet beside the couch. Gotcha. Um, but I sit down in the morning and I kind of start with like number one on my list is be still in worship. And that mm-hmm. just looks, that looks a little bit different depending on the day. I am currently in love with Ted Loder's books of poetry Mm-hmm. Um, he has, he, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he wrote gorillas mm-hmm. of grace, which is a beautiful book of poetry and prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm spending a lot of time with his work in the mornings. Um, my worship time sometimes look like, looks like reading his prayer. I told you I sit facing the sunrise yeah, and I can yeah. see it out my window. Sometimes it just looks like watching the sunrise. Sometimes I'll listen to a song. Um, sometimes I'll color. Sometimes I will just sit and be still and contemplate the character of God, something in particular that resonates with me that day. But I like to kind of start my time with just some stillness and some worship. Um, Something that I think that we learned together um, in spiritual direction is to ask ourselves, how do I come? And so that's kind of step two for me. And I do all of this in written form, not my be still in worship usually, but from this point forward usually goes in my journal. But kind of the second step I do is how do I come? And I sit down just really honest with God, like, Today I come discouraged. I come frustrated. I come weary. I come anticipating something wonderful. Um, I come thankful, you know, and I spend some time just sitting and talking with God about how I come mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, in that really honest, raw place with Jesus. And that's where I can really pour out my heart a little bit and, and speak to him. I think, um, the next thing I ask myself, the kind of number three on my list is what do I desire? And that's not like a, I desire a new car or I desire a great new pair of shoes, you know, but that deeper desire of my heart, like what are some of those deep longings of my heart that I really want to bring in front of God? And so I kind of sit down and write that out in my journal. What are those things in my heart that I desire? Often that's, um, 
something more, um, a little bit beneath the surface that, that takes a little bit of time to dig into, but yeah. that's a space where I sit and share that with God. Oh, there they are. There they are. <laughs> as promised. That, as promised. I hope they'll settle down. Come here, Dolly. The next thing that I do is, um, how do I come? What do I desire? Who or what am I praying for? And mm-hmm. that's kind of where I sit down and like, take some time to intentionally bring those intercessory prayers to God, those things that need a little bit of extra attention, a little bit of um, maybe time in prayer. Um, A lot of times that's where I pray for my kids. I pray for my husband. I pray for my family. I pray for church needs, ministry needs. Um, And then the next thing I do is gratitude. I try to think of three things every day that I'm grateful for. And I write those out in my journal. And then, then step six for me is scripture. And I'm kind of a Genesis to Revelation girl. I like to start in the beginning and I work my way through. Um, I read wherever I left off from the day before. And I read until the spirit prompts me to stop (laughs) and focus on something. You start in Genesis. I start in Genesis and I just work my way through to Revelation. So it just depends on where I am in scripture. But when I pick it up, I just pick it up and and start where I left off. And I read until I feel like the Holy Spirit gives me something that I want to sit with God with. Sometimes that's Hmm. two verses and I have something that I want to talk with Jesus about. Sometimes it's a few chapters until something kind of resonates with my heart. Um, And when I'm done reading scripture, then the next thing I ask is, what is God saying to me about himself? Um, I think all of scripture points to the character of God, points to Jesus. And so um, that's something that I like to sit with God. What are you showing me about who you are? And then the next thing I do is what is God inviting me to? And I kind of write that out in my journal. What, what invitation do I sense from the spirit as I'm sitting with him this morning? And then my last step when I'm done is just kind of a prayer. Sometimes that's a prayer of confession. Um, Sometimes it's a prayer of repentance. Sometimes it's a prayer for strength or for help, um, a prayer of commitment. And so that's kind of how I spend my time every morning. And it's a beautiful rhythm for me because it's something that I can work through as quickly or as long as I have time for it. It's something that I can really quickly go, okay, God, I am worshiping you because you're amazing and you're awesome and you're so good. You're such a good father. And I come kind of weary today and man, I desire for you to just be fully present with me and for me to be able to sense your presence. Um, I'm praying for my kids to just love you fully today. you know, I, I'm grateful for these three things that you did yesterday and then spend a little time in scripture and then kind of, and God, I feel like you're saying this about yourself and I feel like you're inviting me to this. And so Lord, help me to walk it out in this way. And so it's something that can take just a few minutes if, if that's all the time that I have, but it's also something that I can sit with and take, you know, an hour and a half with if, yeah. if I want. So that's been a beautiful rhythm for me. It's kind of honed over the years. I've adapted and changed to kind of see what fits for me. But that's currently my way that I kind of come to God in the mornings. I am curious because, um, you know, I've practiced examine for quite some time, which starts Mm -hmm. with gratitude. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I've noticed, even with gratitude, is almost a sense of, I don't want to say... I mean, I, I, it's not really a sense, I guess, but it, it almost feels repetitious. Like I find I'm writing mm. often this gratitude the same way and I, the same or often the same things. And sometimes that feels just right. And sometimes that feels like I need to dig in deeper. But mm. now you name that same kind of question around desire. And I'm curious, mm. like as you lean into your desire, 
each day? Are you finding that that changes every day or you peel back layers every day? Or do you find that it's just often a reminder for you, like, here are my core desires I want to come to every day? I think, I think for me, it hits seasonally. Um, I'm a mom and a wife, as you said. And so often one of those core desires of my heart is for my kiddos, my boys are 16 and 20. Um, And so one of those core desires for my, of my heart is just for my boys to just fall head over heels in love with the Trinity, like, and to know God and to walk with him, not just a head knowledge, but like relationally, intimately. And so that's something that is always a root prayer. And for my husband too, I have, uh, and he, he's a believer and an incredible man of God, but just that they would just keep walking deeper and deeper with God. Um, So that tends to be one of those that, that repeats often. But I think there's also just other core desires of my heart. I'm, I do ministry. Um, I have this desire to love and serve God well, um, to represent him well, not that he needs my representation, but to just live and love like Jesus is a core desire of my heart. And I want that to come out in my home, in my ministry, in my everyday life. I think like just being aware of God's presence is a desire of my heart. And so I think there's, I think as humanity, as human beings, we have like this handful of core desires. And so I do tend to kind of, um, notice there's some cyclical nature to those. And maybe it even is dependent on what's going on in my life, what what resonates and surfaces. Um, but yeah, yeah, those do seem to be sim- often similar. And but I, mean, but I do think there's like an unpeeling of the layers. Yeah. yeah, I think there's an unpeeling too of the layers of what that looks like. Yeah, or maybe in a, even returning to them, if you notice you're returning to them, for a week or two weeks, uh, mm-hmm. almost like a reawakening of them. Oh, I've, I've forgotten that. That's been doled. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So this is a new question. And uh-huh. I think, I think I sent it to you in the, but I haven't asked this in my previous interviews, but where did you, where did you learn these practices that you have now? Um, I think some of them I did learn through the school of sustainable faith that we did sure. together. I think some sure. of those, um, I think, as I said, I'm an avid reader. I love I love to read and I'll read just about anything I can get my hands on. I did just, um, as you said, I was in school while we were doing direction. Mm-hmm. I just finished my master's and did some spiritual formation work as a part of school. I'm doing my doctorate right now and um, doing a little bit of work there too. So I think I've just picked it up over the years, I think, through a yeah. lot of different avenues. Um, I. I, I tend to be a firm believer, and I know this isn't everyone's opinion, but it's mine, um, that there are different practices for different seasons. There are different yeah. practices that work yeah. well for different people. And so kind of as I was kind of laying out like those steps that I sift through in the morning with God, those may not be for everybody. Absolutely. And they're yeah. and they're like piecemealed together from different things that I've learned over the years and um, different things that help me be authentic to me, help me be authentically present with God and help me see God authentically present in the world. Um, but I think, I think mostly I would say just from a lot of different avenues, I think I, I love, as I said, I love books and so I'm constantly picking up John Mark Comer has some fantastic, like he's a great, yeah, yeah. I mean, Willard is fantastic. There's yeah. tons of 
fantastic books, but John Mark Comer is kind of a um, contemporary um, who I follow, who I really love some of his practices and have, have morphed some of those, but a lot of them are just things that are ancient and they, they're just handed down. They come from a ton of different places, but just ones that I have kind of morphed to fit how I feel most connected with God and most connected to myself. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I asked a question because it seems like, it seems like people who have practices that work well for them have kind of had to be intentional about it, mm. about finding them and learning them because it's just not something it feels like we've passed down well, you know, in the yeah. modern church. So, yeah. So I, I hardly agree with your, their seasonal and different ones that might mm-hmm. work for different people. And that's kind of my hope even in these conversations is hearing what works for other people might help us to clarify, you know, and get new ideas or as you yeah. say from books too, but yeah. Yeah. I think there's something really beautiful um, about spiritual practices because there are, there are some um, beautiful ancient rhythms that we can sit in, but also mm-hmm. I, I think that a lot of things can become spiritual practices for us depending on the posture of our heart and our posture with God, I think walking is a regular spiritual practice for me. I love like, it's something that I do almost daily go out for a walk because I just need to see God in creation. It reminds me of his bigness, a spiritual practice that I do almost every night is when I take my dogs out to go to the bathroom. I live out in on a farm right now. And so hmm. like the bigness of the sky, like just standing and staring at the stars has become a little bit of a spiritual practice for me because yeah. it reminds yeah. me of God's like sovereignty and his bigness and, and just the breath that life can be. Um, I think one of my favorite things that I get to do right now in this season at church, you mentioned that church has become a place where um, we don't often teach those practices yeah. anymore. Yeah. And something that, that I started this last year at the church that I work at um was I call them practices and conversations. That's what we call them at our church. And I write them each week. Um, I write a corporate practice for our church that mm-hmm. we invite everybody to participate in. Um, and then we write, I write three, three questions to have with God in your time with God throughout the week and three questions to have in community um, that you can ask around the coffee table or, you know, over dinner with or in your small groups or whatever. But it has been really interesting to reintroduce spiritual practices into this contemporary church that I'm a part of. And it's been a really beautiful thing um, to do. And I've started teaching um, a formations class every, we offer like semester classes and semester groups to just reintroduce those things. And a lot of times people get a little intimidated by that, um, by the idea of spiritual formation or spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines. Sometimes people really don't love that word. Sure. But I think when they're introduced, they find such freedom and such joy and such um, connection in them that I think it's a it's a lost, I don't want to say a lost art because there's no real art to it, but maybe just a lost habit, a lost practice of the yeah. church that I think would really benefit us to bring back. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's in, I mean, if we if we want to be fit physically, you know, we can go get a trainer and mm-hmm. we can get direction on that, you know. And so what mm. is it what does it look like when we're so outside the norm of those kind of practices culturally, you know? So yeah. I, I really appreciate your yeah. heart around that. 
Yeah. Um, it's funny because when you mentioned walking, I was thinking, do you have to walk all three dogs at once? That doesn't sound like a spiritual practice. <laughs> no, that is, that is not spiritually sound. <laughs> we go one at a time. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Oh, I mean, do you have other, beyond these daily rhythms that you've described, do you incorporate any other kind of weekly or even like quarterly or annual practices that are important for you? Yeah, I have been practicing Sabbath um, mm-hmm. for probably about four or five years now. And it's probably the, aside from my time, I think carving out to connect with God in the morning, I think it's probably the most life-changing spiritual rhythm that I've built into my life. Um, So I'm on staff at a church, so Sundays don't get to the, um, my Sabbath days, but I take my Sabbath on Friday Mm -hmm. and I do something that I, and I can't remember who calls it this, but joy stacking is something that I think is a beautiful way to, um, spend your Sabbath. And so I love just saving up those things that just bring me joy and like, yeah, that point me back to Jesus, but also just bring joy and save this for kind of my Sabbath day. Those are days that I usually cook a big meal for myself because I'm home by myself and I'll make myself a big meal and spend some time with Jesus, go for a long walk, um, just, do some things that I love. So Sabbath is a really important practice to me. And that sounds more like a personal Sabbath than even a family it, Sabbath. Yeah, it is. It is. My family's not quite ready for Sabbath yet. That's not <laughs> something that they're quite ready to adapt. Sure. And I'm learning that um, everybody has their own pace yep, and their yeah. own um, journey that they're on. And so we do try to have a little bit of a slower family night on Friday, but I kind of do my personal, it's just a personal Sabbath for me yeah. mostly on Fridays. Um, I try to carve out a weekend, usually at the beginning of every year to just do a little personal retreat, Mm -hmm. like a weekend away to just kind of refocus and, um, have some solitude. That's something that we don't often get in this modern world very often. Right. Um, so those are two pretty important practices for me, I think. Yeah. And then do you have, I mean, master's degree now, doctorate all of these roles you have, do you have hobbies? Like, do you, are there things that you know that you need to do that make sure that you live outside of the world of Bobby, the spiritual leader? Yeah, I am. When you asked earlier if I'm um, an introvert or an extrovert, and I kind of mentioned, I think I'm a little bit of an ambivert. I really love, I, I mean, I guess maybe you could call this a hobby, I guess. I love, I have a like fantastic community. God has placed me in a really great community. And so I love to just grab coffee with a girlfriend yeah. and sit down and have good conversations. Um, for a while, I, I'm currently my ukulele is sitting on the floor over here. I'm trying to learn the ukulele as something, just a way to incorporate like play yeah. and creativity and fun. I'm terrible, but it's wonderful. I, I meet with a group of ladies every Wednesday and we go roller skating because we're wow. crazy and we just that, enjoy. That's the first time this has been mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> There's been lots of walking mentioned, never roller yeah, skating. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we're doing on Wednesdays for fun. Are um, you talking like at the rink? I'm talking like at the roller skating right. rink. So, yeah. I mean, so all I of your high school moments. memory songs from high school. Uh, right. Play. They're yeah. playing. Okay. And, but just, I love, I think community is an important thing for me spending. And I, if you, if I can do it in community, I will pick up just about anything. But I love, I think there's something beautiful in, um, making sure that we balance contemplation with like play. Um, and so I try to incorporate, you know, sometimes it does look like a walk. Sometimes it looks like a run. Sometimes it looks like exercising. Sometimes it looks like, you know, I, I, I love 
to turn on music in my kitchen and cook and sing along and dance in the kitchen like a crazy. And um, so I think just any ways that we can incorporate play and creativity and fun into that life to kind of balance out contemplation always feels good for me. Yeah. I'm glad that you name play because that's really, I think, what I'm trying to get at with this question. But I think if I were Mm going to say, what does play look like? That might be a harder question to answer for people than hobbies. But really, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, again, I think that's something that we have set aside in the seriousness and the pace and the hurry of our Mm -hmm. culture is that we can sometimes be so focused on um, production, whatever that might look like, that we forget, we forget slow living, but we also forget play and the necessity of that. the, like their creativity that God blessed us with. And it's, yeah. I told you, I keep a sketchbook by my Bible because sometimes like, sometimes I want to just color or sketch when I'm spending time with God, because that play and that creativity feels like a good balance sometimes for the contemplative part of us. Yeah. And those of us who have a little bit of an internal, um, a little bit of a um, internal walk, we can kind of go inside. And I have found that like play helps me to not yes. stay inside forever. Yeah. Huh. I never made that connection before, but I like that. Because mm. um, it, yeah, it, it makes, it makes your walk more visceral, so to speak. Yeah. 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 How, how do you, how do you know when you aren't doing well? Um, I get really grumpy. <laughs> yeah. I am not super kind. I'm not super gracious. I'm not super patient when I'm not doing well. I, I do. um, I am somebody who it doesn't maybe doesn't sound like it at surface level, but I like a lot of margin in my life. Um, I think that's why why I love Sabbath so much is that it gives me permission and grace to create some margin. Um, But I do have a lot of things that a lot of things in this season, it's a full season for me with a lot that I'm investing in. And I can tell that I am over investing and wearing myself thin when my actions don't look like love. Uh, Honestly, for me, I wish I could say something else that was a little kinder and a little bit more gracious, but I can, I, I don't look like love when I'm not doing well. Um, And I can tell that I start to get a little snippy or um, short tempered, maybe or impatient. Um, when I've got too much on my plate, when I'm, when I don't have the margin that my soul needs, um, I, I tend to get a little grumpy and that's a good indicator for me that, okay, it's time to pull back a little bit. Yeah. So are you able, are you able to notice that or does it usually take your husband or one of your boys? Telling I you? think <laughs> I, I have a really funny relationship. My oldest doesn't live at home anymore. He's in college, so he's only home part-time, but my, youngest son my husband's so sweet he's he's just a really great guy so he doesn't tend to say like you're being really crabby but I can tell by the look on my husband's face or my son's face when I kind of say something that I didn't really intend to be snarky and it kind of came out sideways and they're like oh okay you know my son just he's such a um sensitive soul that I can see, especially with him, when I when I am not responding in love, when I'm not acting in love, when I'm not speaking in love, it tends to I tend to see it in his response yeah. first. 
Um, and so I wish I was better at recognizing it sooner so that I didn't have to see that. Um, but I can, I can tell when I'm a little off, especially um, with Gav, he's just really good at, and I've, I actually gave him permission in this last year. There are some things that God has really been working on with me. And so I've kind of, and I'm in a full season. And so I have given him permission. Like if you notice that I'm kind of a little grumpier than usual, or if you notice that I'm like, I'm, I'm not responding in love, like you have total permission to let me know. And so every once in a while, I'll kind of get off a little bit and he'll be like, Ooh, <laughs> he kind of gives me this look like, Hey, yeah. you know? And so I love that he does that. I love that, um, that kind of partnership and we do that for our kids. So I think it's wonderful that he gets to kind of also yeah. speak back into me a little. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. That, I mean, that's a healthy thing for him to be able to learn how to do and for you to create yeah. the space for that. Yeah. So my, my wrap up question here, uh, other than, you know, what are some other ways we can follow what you're up to, but who do you hope to be in 10 years? Mm. I have no idea, John. Like, <laughs> I don't even have a clue. Um, That's a fair answer. I am holding very openly and very loosely everything that, that I am currently doing. I love the spaces that God has invited me into in this season. Um, I had a friend recently ask why I, I'm doing my doctorate at Biola yes. and um, asked like, why are you pursuing your doctorate? That's like, that's a pretty big commitment. What, what's the next step that you're hoping to get with that? And I don't know. I have no idea except for that. I felt like it was a door that God opened that I felt very drawn to. Um, and I want to be ready for whatever it is that God has yeah. in store, whatever it is he's calling, I want to be ready for. And so I, as I said, I love the things that he has invited me into in this season, but I also hold them very loosely knowing they're not mine to grasp. Um, and I have no idea what he has for the future. So I'm just focused on walking in the now with him and we'll see how the future unfolds. So right. I do hope to, I, to live in love like Jesus is, seems like, like the Sunday school answer, but I think it's something that I am learning more and more and more how to do um, intentionally. So I think the only direction I have for this for 10 years from now would be, I want to be living and loving more like Jesus in 10 years than I am right now. Um, But everything else, I think he'll unfold as it comes. Right. I like that answer, even though it's not the, well, I'm going to be doing this and this and this. I like, I like just the open handedness of that. Yeah. Well, if somebody, if somebody wants to learn more about what you're up to, some of the writing you mentioned that you do, or maybe even spiritual direction, where can they find you? I have a website. It's just www.bobbyshay.com. So it's S-C-H-A-E.com. It will be linked on the website. Well, Bobby, thank you so much. It's a a gift to have this conversation. Yes. Well, thank you for asking me and thanks for the, the wonderful conversation today.